welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 26th of June 2011, entitled, Does Truth Matter? And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'll share a few simple thoughts this evening that I hope will be an encouragement to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Father, we thank you from the depths of our heart, Lord, most of all and above all. The Lord Jesus Christ and what you accomplished for us that we were so undeserving of. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much. Thank you, Lord, for accomplishing for us what we not only didn't deserve, but, Lord, that which we could never, ever, ever have done for ourselves. Father, as we gather here this evening and we come together to worship you and adore you and to magnify our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you would be in our midst. Lord, we thank you for your word that you have given to us. Lord, that it can be rightly divided. We thank you for your spirit that lives within us. We pray now as we look into these pages once again this evening, Lord, that you would take and uh, anoint everything that is said. Speak the words through us that you would have spoken. May you receive all the glory and honor for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. Just a simple thought that came to me, and I began just taking some notes down here some time back. You know, how important is truth? We touched on some of this this morning, that certainly we live in a day when so many say that we we really shouldn't be so concerned. We live in a day when so many people, rather than having absolutes, uh, they would rather have a lot of gray, shady areas uh, that they can move about without any set boundaries to be within. How important is truth? Well, it's probably, uh, as we would think about it in our everyday lives, I know that uh, uh, if you ask somebody a question, In most cases, you would prefer to have the truth. If you were asking your doctor something that was serious about your health, then I would uh, hope that you would want him to tell you the truth rather than just to make something up to make you feel better. Uh, We find that, uh, uh, I guess, one of the things that makes it so hard in life, and I'm sure that you have met uh, some of those individuals, hopefully never too close to you, that uh, are what we call habitual liars. Uh, I've known people that, you know, even when there was no reason, uh, it was like, you know, they just would get in the habit of telling untruths, of, uh, of, of telling something that wasn't the truth at all. And, of course, when you're around that, you get to wonder, you know, whether to believe or not to believe and what to take as literal and what not to. Of course, when it comes to truth and things that are being taught, we recognize that it's important. It's important to be taught. It's important for us when we go to teach our children and things like this. You know, you can teach a child when they're out there crossing the street that, uh, uh, you know, they should try to get from one side to the other as quickly as possible. 
But if you fail to teach them the rest of the truth that they should look and make sure nothing's coming before they do it, then it could be devastating to them. Uh, we can apply it to so many areas of our life. But this evening, I want us to think, as we realize how important that truth is in all areas of our life, but most importantly, how important is truth when it comes to the teaching of God's Word? Uh, because it not only has consequences in this life, but it has consequences eternally forever. Truth is what divides. It divides the true from the false. It's what divides the genuine from the imitation. It divides the real from that which is just fake and artificial. Uh, we often hear comments in Christian circles about staying away from doctrine because doctrine divides. Well, what is doctrine? Well, if you want a, a literal definition, it's defined as teachings. What is taught? Specifically, what is taught is the belief of a church, a nation, a group of persons, or a belief. We talk about people being indoctrinated into a certain way of thinking and whatnot. That can be applied in a very negative way when we talk about, and of course, you got to realize a lot of the world out there thinks that you've been indoctrinated in a bad way, that you have been brainwashed by those that would stand before you and teach you these things to be true and to be fact when they see them as fable. But folks, doctrine is simply the teachings. The definition of truth says that which is true, the quality or nature of being true, exact, honest, or loyal. Now, Surely, one thing that we would all agree on is that as it is important, nobody wants to stay dumb forever. We can take an excuse, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, I like one of the things that they taught me years ago in business and sales, and that was that, you know, using it not in a, in a, in a bad way, but that everybody's retarded. Uh, we think of many times when we think of the word retarded, it's often used towards maybe uh, people that, uh, that don't have uh, the ability to be able to think correctly about something. They are uh, retarded in their mental. They are uh, backward in the way that they think. But the simple truth is, is that none of us have all the answers. Uh, there's some areas that we don't have the answers. There's some areas of our lives that we don't know everything that sometimes that we wish that we knew. But the real crunch question, if you would, is how important is it for the doctrine, the teachings of our Christian faith, that which we're taught to be based on truth, does it really matter? You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I think that we need to grasp this, and I'll point it out a little clearly, hopefully, in just, in just a few moments, that so many times we have it beat into us, we have it drummed into us, that a lot of these things just don't matter. You know, does it matter? Does it really matter what we believe? Well, look into what Paul wrote to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to have you walking through just a lot of, of pages this evening. Romans 6, 17 and 18 says, But God be thanked that ye were past tense, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart 
that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Without true doctrine, we talked this morning about scriptural salvation. Without the truth, none of us could be moved from this position of darkness into this position of righteousness that the Bible is speaking of here. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, literally God's breathing, the breath of God, directly from God himself. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what's the first thing it says there? For doctrine, for us to be taught the truth, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works, that we can be complete. Do you know that that word perfect there carries with it the idea of being perfectly complete? It's impossible for us as a child of God to be complete without the Word of God, the teachings of God being applied to our life. These verses make it sound pretty important. If we keep in mind also one of the things that we've certainly looked at uh, many times recently, uh, just coming through our missions conference, a lot of the emphasis that has been placed there, that you know the primary purpose above all else of the church it's not so that we can be taught and then keep it all to ourselves. It's not so that we can become spiritual geniuses in knowing everything that God knows and understanding every passage of Scripture in there just so that we can show to others how great of Christians that we really are. But our primary purpose in everything that we do, in our fellowship, in our growing, in our becoming stronger Christians ourselves, is winning the loss to Christ. That's why Christ came. That's why he died for his church. That's why he's left us here, that the gospel might be preached to every creature. That being our primary purpose in all that we do. Do we really want to see more souls saved? Do we want to avoid falling into many of the different, do you know what I mean when I say isms of the day? Many times people get on their little hobby horse, their little isms that has nothing to do with the Word of God. And they think that everybody ought to be part of their ism and agree with their ism and do it their way. Do we want to avoid the travesty of backsliding, both ourselves and for those around us? How many of us know those that we have seen walking so near the Lord in times past, and today they're no longer walking that walk. They're away from God. Do we want to experience not just what we can do, but the real power of the Holy Spirit that we've so recently spent so much time talking about? Do we really want to see Him working in our lives and in our church? Do we want to avoid? You know, many of them out there teach us that doctrine divides. But I'm asking, do we want to avoid the divisions that are all too common amongst God's children and even amongst 
local congregations. You see, I believe that all these things and many, many others are directly tied to the truth that we're talking about here this evening. Truth. It's not in avoiding the truth and avoiding the truth of doctrines and avoid the truth of God's teachings that's going to help us avoid these areas and to see God work and do the things that he wants to do. But rather it's by demanding the truth, by defending the truth, by living the truth. I'm convinced that one of the greatest problems that we face individually and collectively of God's people is the lack of knowledge and the application of truth in the doctrines and the teachings of God in our lives. First Peter chapter 2 is a very, again, familiar passage that we read there, remember being written to the Christians. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 it says, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You see, all those things that are to be avoided in verse 1, can only come by truly God's word being a place. Desire, the sincere milk of the word that you might be able to grow. Of course, we also find that we do live in a day. We must recognize it. Be careful not to allow yourself to become haughty because of who we are and what we have. But as we look around us, should it bother us? that there's so many that seems to think, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what Bible that you use. They're all the same, even though they say something different. It doesn't really matter what doctrines that you stick to as long as you know that you love God and that you love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. We hear this drummed into us and we feel ourselves many times being belittled. Because we say, no, there are other things that are important. Well, may I say, let it encourage you. Don't let it discourage you because that they're acting that way. Let it encourage you. Because we just sang that song there a while ago, I'll fly away. Well, I believe that if we look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, we can be encouraged because, not because we're glad that people don't want it, but because it is proof evidence of the days that we live in, that the coming of our Lord is near. Notice what he says to young Timothy. He says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, clearly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and, what's that next word in your Bible? Doctrines not of God, but doctrines of devils. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Oh, that's what we were supposed to avoid when we were desiring the sincere milk of the word. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They don't care. 
They can't feel anything anymore. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse, profane, and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. God places a great premium upon the teachings, upon the doctrines of truth, of knowing them, and of living according to them. He says, yes, in the latter days, there are going to be those, they don't want the truth. They'd rather listen to these seducing spirits, to the doctrines, to the teachings of devils, rather than that of God. With that in mind, I want us just to consider three things briefly about truth this evening. First of all, how do we know what the truth is, preacher? Defining the truth. Defining the truth. Have you ever heard anybody say, I'm going to tell you a lie now? <laughs> Have you ever had anybody get up and say, I'm a false prophet and I'm going to teach you something that's totally contrary to God's word? No, everybody says, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. These are the truths of God's words. What is truth? First of all, God is truth. God is truth. Notice if we look back into the Old Testament, we actually sing words to, to this verse sometimes. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4, it says, he is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. 
a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. What God is the, is the Bible speaking of there? Well, he's speaking of the God in all of his triunity. It's the word Elohim that's used there. God, God in his wholeness, in his being, in his triune being of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you turn over a bit further in your Bible to the 31st Psalm, Psalm 31, notice what it says there in verse 5. It says, into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. God the Father, L-O-R-D, all capitalized, Jehovah God, speaking specifically of God the Father here. Notice if we turn over into the New Testament, into the Gospel of John, and in chapter 14, a very familiar verse. Jesus said, I am the way, the what? The truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John chapter 1. Again, a very familiar passage. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He goes on and he speaks of the ministry of John the Baptist. We find that John will say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not the light. I'm, I'm just here to point you to him. Verse 9 says, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Lord Jesus Christ is truth. We find that, you can keep your finger there in John, we're going to come back there in just a minute, but notice back in 1 John. 1 John, just before the book of Jude, in 1 John chapter 5, and in verse 6, we find that the Word of God says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Notice it says, And it is the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, that beareth witness, because the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is what? is truth. In the Gospel of John chapter 6, I'm not going to take and read all of this passage that you have before you there. We 
we looked at part of this this morning, but we find that the Word of God once again here, He shows us the importance of truth and that it is only God through the truth that can draw any one of us to Him. You see, first of all, we must begin with this. Truth doesn't begin with man Truth doesn't begin with any church or any denomination. What is truth? Well, first of all, God is truth. God in all of his fullness, the Bible bears this out clear. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God in all of his wholeness is described as truth. God is truth. May I say secondly that we read just a few moments ago that All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed it. God can only breathe truth. God's Word is truth. Now, this is where we have to accept some of the responsibility. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's the only place that we can hear the truth that can give us the faith to be able to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Psalm 119, the longest chapter in all of your Bible, we could pick just about anywhere in that psalm and we find that repeatedly the theme of that psalm is the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 142, the Bible says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, God's law, God's word, is the truth. So what is truth? If truth is so vital, if it's so important, well, may I say, first of all and foremost, that we must go back to God, that we cannot place too much importance upon the Word of God, the importance of every word that is there, the importance of what God has preserved for us and given to us. God is truth. God's Word is truth. Well, if we know how important that truth is, and if we know that it's God and His Word that is truth, notice secondly, concerns and delivering of the truth. In other words, who needs the truth? Why is it so important? Well, I shouldn't need from what we have already read. The first of all, the sinner needs the truth. Every sinner on planet earth needs the truth. If what we have said, what we've just seen, if it's true, then the true reality is, is that God is truth. The only way the Bible said that we can get to God the Father is through God the Son. The only way that we can get to God the Son is through the work of the Holy Spirit through God's Word. There is no other path. There's no other way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. And except God through His Holy Spirit working through His Word, that's where our faith comes from. That's the only way. That's the only access that we have to Him. We looked this morning. Again, at the importance 
of scriptural salvation doesn't really matter, doesn't amount to a hill of beans, what the church says, what the denomination says, what anybody says. We read verse after verse after verse after verse. The only way that we can be sure of our salvation, to know that we're saved and to be secure in that salvation is when it's based upon the Word of God. That's what you've got to know. But you see, the truth, God and His Word, it's not only vital to the sinner, but the saved people need it too. You see, we've already read there when Peter said that, desire the sincere milk of the Word that ye may grow thereby. Without God's truth, we'll just get weaker. We can't grow. We can't become complete. We can't become mature. It's impossible for that to happen. We can just stay babies. And of course, so many times we see those that stumble, they get so weak that they fall by the wayside. So many times they haven't been properly nourished. They get weaker. They get discouraged because the nourishment isn't there. Look what John says in the Gospel of John in chapter 18, we find that in John chapter 18 in verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, what are the next three words? Heareth my voice. People talk about hearing all these wonderful things from heaven. People have these visions and they hear all kinds of, of weird things, but the simple truth is, I'm not trying to belittle. God can speak to us in all kinds of ways, but I'm saying it's only through the truth. That's where we're going to hear the voice of Jesus Christ. Pilate said, what is truth? What is truth? Well, the one before him was the one that was truth. And the simple truth is that we need that truth because you and I today, that's how our Lord speaks to us. That's how we hear the voice of Christ. Turn back, a, a passage that we looked at in John chapter 16 several times recently, we looked there this morning, but in John chapter 16, we looked at verses 7 to 11. Notice down in verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. We want to be guided. We want to know which way to go, what direction we should go with our life. We don't know what choice to make, what decisions to make. So many times as Christians, we're malnourished. It's the truth that we need. It's the spirit of truth that will guide us through his word as he speaks to us. You look back into Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, notice beginning in verse 17. This I say therefore in testifying the Lord, 
that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with malice and be ye kind one to, another, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Boy, the truth makes a difference in a Christian's life. That's the only way. You see, this is talking about how we walk as a Christian, our whole testimony, the way that we live our lives. It's all based upon the truth of God. Without the truth of God, we can come up with all kinds of ideas of how we ought to be a good Christian and how we ought to live and what we ought to live. But I'm saying it's vital. We need God's Word. It's God's Word, His truth, that will help us to grow, that will let us hear the voice of Christ in reality, that will guide us into all truth, that will help us to walk as a Christian ought to walk. We find that John also said in 1 John chapter 4 and in verse 6, he said, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know, as much as I would like to, I wish that as your pastor that somehow I could flip a switch or give you some little a pamphlet or some little booklet or something that would just help you, maybe some kind of a uh, uh, an error detector uh, that you could just switch on and, and as soon as somebody said something that was false that wasn't really the Word of God, beep, 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 it would beep and the lights would flash and you would know that that's not it. That's not the way God designed it. The way He gave us to be able to recognize the error is by knowing the truth. He's given us the truth. If it's contrary to his word, then it's false. It's an error. It's not the truth. The only way that we can recognize error is not through how we feel, not through our emotions, not through how we rationalize, not through how we think, but through what God says. That's the only way. 
that were able. We find that we've read in a couple of these verses that, you know, truth in itself can, can bring about reproach. Well, in Psalm 119, the Bible also tells us there in verse 42, he says, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. Doesn't feel good to be reproached, does it? Doesn't feel good. Sometimes we get nervous. That's why some people are nervous about going with us into the open air and facing people they've not seen before and not knowing what questions that they might come up with. People are nervous about knocking on people's doors and trying to be a witness to them about the Lord, inviting them to church and all these things because they're afraid of what they'll think and what they might say. Well, the way that we answer reproach is by having the truth. You see, it's not going to matter if we know with absolute certainty that we're standing upon the truth, the truth, the only truth that comes from God that's recorded for us in his word. He says that we'll be able, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. If you've got his word, if you know his word, you'll be able to answer that reproach. Again, so many times, in John chapter 8, so many things bind the Christians up, tie them down, keep them from experiencing the real blessings, keep them from being able to truly serve the Lord. In John chapter 8, a very familiar passage in verse 31 and 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then... Are ye my disciples indeed? What's a disciple? A learner. If you continue in my word, then you'll be my learners. Then you'll be learning of me. Indeed. Verse 32, and ye shall know the truth. How? By learning the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He's talking to them that believe. So many times. We take and we apply this verse to the lost person about the truth setting them free from the bonds of sin and all that. And yes, God's truth will. But in its context, the verse is being spoken to those that believed, those that were already Christians. And it was God's truth that would set them free through learning it, through being learners of him, that we could be set free. In Psalm 40, and in verse 11, we find that it's also God's truth that will preserve you. In Psalm 40, verse 11, he says, Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. Well, there'll be plenty that'll want to destroy you. But when you've got the truth as a child of God, God's word will preserve you. And just a few pages over in Psalm 91, we've got battles that we have to fight. There's no doubt about it. 
Verse 4 says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. Listen, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. His truth is what will protect you. You see, when we begin to look at what God emphasizes himself about truth, how important that truth is, truth, the truth that we're talking about, God is truth. And it's God's truth that's been transmitted to us through God's word that's been preserved for us. And it's important. Everyone, every living human being needs it. The unsaved must have the truth in order to be saved. And this is just some examples of what God's word will do for the Christian in the Christian's life. And yet so many times we don't realize the power, the preciousness of what we have. So many times it just lies there on the shelf. Many people that just as well leave their Bible laying in their seat till they come back next time because they never pick it up. And then they wonder why they're making wrong choices. They wonder why they're going through the things, why they don't know how to handle this, why they don't know how to do that. They wonder why that so many times they could be misled by somebody that seemed so sincere and so genuine in what they were doing. Well, you see, the simple fact is today, it doesn't matter if you do it the way this preacher wants you to do it. It doesn't matter because my truth isn't going to protect you. It's God's truth. You're accountable to him. He's already made it very clear that he's truth, that he's given you that truth, that if you'll depend upon him, if you'll go to him for his truth, his truth will make the difference in your life. So we've looked at some considerations in defining what truth really is, and we've looked at some concerns in delivering of the truth that who needs it and what it will do for them. But I want to give you one Final thought, confidence in defending of truth. You see, if our defining of truth, the way that we've defined it from God's Word, and if what we've seen in God's Word about who needs it and why they need it, then I'm saying this evening that it should challenge us. It should challenge us for it to have the right place in our lives. It should challenge us to live accordingly. We don't have to go down the wrong path. We don't have to make the wrong choices. We don't have to be fooled by those fool-sayers. We don't have to fall into false doctrine. We don't have to fall by the wayside. We've got God's Word. God's Word will strengthen us and protect us. That's how He communicates to us. Yes, it's God Himself. He's the living Word. But he's left us his word, his truth, recorded for us right here. You see, notice what 2 Corinthians chapter 13, notice what it tells us about this truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 7 and 8. He says, now I pray to God that ye do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is 
honest, though we be as reprobates. I mean, we're sinners. But he's talking about us being able to do that which is honest. Though we be as reprobates, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. We can do nothing against it. Nobody can change it. Nobody can take it away. God's truth is invincible. Nobody. People try to attack it. People have tried to destroy it. We find that through the centuries there is testimony after testimony after testimony of how God's word has been preserved when not just individuals, but even nations have tried to destroy it. But we still have it preserved for us. We find that we can have confidence. We can have confidence in learning from it, in applying it to our lives, in living by it, in being defended by it, because truth is invincible. Nobody can change truth. You can change a lie all day long. You can make up one story and that one don't work good enough. You can change it a little bit to make up another one. You can change it a little bit to make up another one, but you can never, ever, you can't change the truth. The truth will stand forever. The truth is invincible. Nobody can do anything to change the truth. The truth will always be, even if they don't accept it, even if they try to destroy it, even if they try to make a mockery of it, even if they want to make a lie from it, the truth hasn't changed. God's truth is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like him. I'll tell you something else that should excite you as a Christian. Notice what Psalm 108 says about this truth. Psalm 108, and notice what it says in verse 4. It says, for the mercy, or for thy mercy, is great above the heavens. And notice the second half of that verse. And thy truth reacheth into the clouds. You see, not only is God's word invincible, God's word is inexhaustible. The picture that he's showing here is God's word just, just keeps going and keeps going. You see, You'll never exhaust it. God will continue to speak to you as long as you have breath to take it in. God will continue through his word to feed you, to nourish you, to protect you, to guide you, all of those things. You can't run it out. You can't say, well, if I eat too much today, I won't have anything left for next week. What if I read it all now? Then what am I going to do a month from now and a year from now? I'm saying God's word never, ever, ever runs out. It's one of the amazing things I've shared with you before. The hours upon hours upon hours upon hours that I had the privilege of spending in God's Word, of studying God's Word, of trying to prepare the sermons from God's Word. And the truth is, is that, boy, it doesn't get harder to be able to look and say, where am I going to go to next? My biggest challenge is keeping the sermon short enough for you. <laughs> and trying to figure out how in the world am I ever going to cover all this? I mean, this will take me, you know, six months or a year just to cover this one little subject. And I find that time and time and time again, I don't have to put fillers in the sermon. i got to start taking stuff out and cutting it away because there's just too much. It just goes on and on. It never runs out. You see, you can stand on it. You can live by it. You can trust it. 
because it's invincible. Nobody can change it. Nobody can do away with it. And it's inexhaustible. There will always be enough there for you. God's word. Notice just a few pages back in Psalm 100 and in verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. <laughs> to all generations. You see, God's word is there for everybody, it's indiscriminate. The truth is, is that it's there for every lost person out there to come to the truth, to be able to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's there for every believer, to the generations that have gone before us. They had the same truth that you and I have. It's never changed. God's truth is always the same. And it was good for them. And it's good for us. And guess what? If God tarries, it'll be good for our children and for their children and for the ones that come after them because God's word endureth to every generation. That's the power of it. That's the beauty of it. In Psalm 117, verse 2. Psalm 117 and verse 2. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. It not only endureth to all generations, to everybody, regardless of who they are, where they are, what color they are, what they've done wrong, what they've done right, but he says here that it endureth forever, for eternity. We find that God's word has no end. God's word is everlasting. God's word will never change, not only now, not only in the next generation and the one after it, but you can take all of time. God's truth has never changed. God's truth has always been, and God's truth will always be. The flowers will fade. The grass will wither away, but the word of our Lord endureth forever. You see, there's not a person anywhere. It's a very, very simple question. Does the truth matter? Yes, it does. Don't allow yourself to be belittled and put down because the truth matters. God's truth matters. God's truth in doctrine, in his teaching, it matters every bit of it. As a matter of fact, it matters so much. There's not anybody on the face of this earth. There's not anybody that's ever been or ever will be. You know, somebody, if we could line up every human being and all the intelligence that they had ever been able to gather, there's been some pretty smart people out there. But the simple truth is, is that not just the smartest one, but all of them put together, all the intelligence that man has been able to gather and put down and save and store and still have today, it won't take the place of God's truth. Nothing in your life, nothing out there can do for you what God's truth will do for you. 
That's why the devil hates it. That's why the devil doesn't want for any stretch of the imagination for you to get serious, for you to, to just eat it up, to take it in, to desire to know it. You know, one of the great things is, is that that never stops. You desire to know it from cover to cover. Lord, I just want to know everything. I want to know all your truths. I want to be able to, to recognize everything that's wrong. I want to be able to, to know the error when it comes along. I want to be able to know how to make the right choices. I want to be able to follow the right paths. I want to be able to walk a life and to live a life that's pleasing to you, that will be the testimony that you want it to be. Lord, I want all of that. And I can get it from your word. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth that matters above all else. Does it matter? Oh, yes. And God is speaking to you when he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing it knowing what's true, knowing how to divide it, knowing how to apply it. You know what? It's possible that there could be someone listening this evening that says, well, preacher, you haven't told us anything new. You haven't told us anything that we haven't heard before. No, I didn't expect to, and I didn't try to. I like what Peter said in Second Peter chapter 1. In verse 12, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though we know them and be established in the present truth. We can never be reminded of the truth too much. It's never going to do us harm. It's always going to help us. We have, we have such a powerhouse at our disposal. It's so precious. We try to, to learn all that the world wants us to learn. We try to gain knowledge, and, and that's great. We should do the best that we can at those things. But we need to keep our priorities straight. We need to recognize that all the knowledge the world can give us will not take the place of what's contained within this one book. It can fill the libraries. We can take all that man has recorded from one end of this earth to the other, and all of it together could not give you what this one book can give you. It won't do for you what this one book will do for you. The preciousness, the power of God's truth, and it's there for you. You've got it. There's some people in the world that would give so much just to have a copy of God's Word. Sadly, as we're here this evening, there are many that have never even had the Word of God translated into their own languages. There are many that don't even have the printed Word. 2,000 years after Jesus left here and asked us to take it to the ends of the world, there are still many that don't have that truth, the only truth that will change their lives. And there's so many as Christians that struggle through life. They get so beat up. 
They get so discouraged. They get so knocked down. And yes, that get led astray. You see, I'm glad to give you my opinion if you come to me and you say, well, you know, is, is, is so-and-so right in what they say here? And is so-and-so wrong in this that they've preached or they've taught? And the simple truth is, is that when you stand before God one day, it's not going to be, what did Preacher Larry say? If he said it, then it's all right. <laughs> I'll give an account for everything that I say to you. But in the end, it's going to be, what did I say? What's the truth that I gave you? We all have that responsibility. It's a precious one. It's a precious, precious, precious thing that we hold. Does the truth matter? More than anything in the world, folks. More than anything in the world, the truth matters. and The truth is what will set you free. Father, we thank you this evening. Lord, these are passages, most of them are familiar to us as Christians because we've grown to love them over the years. There are passages that many of them we can quote from memory. But Lord, as we are reminded, just as Peter said there this evening, Lord, we would desire not to be negligent in reminding us of these precious truths, that they're there. Lord, help us not to take advantage and help us not to waste that which you have so gloriously given to us. Lord, as there are many in the world that don't have the truth as we have it, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take it, to apply it to our lives, to know it inside and out. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to spend time with you in your word and on our knees. Help us to be complete Christians. Help us to be mature Christians. Help us, Lord, to be able to cope with that which we're going to face today and tomorrow and next week. Help us to be able to give an answer for the faith that's within us. We give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.